I am a rake and a rambling man Fortune I fall to where I can Could I be, would I be other than a rake That's a rambling McCubbin man painted the pioneer in Macedon He dragged the big canvas outdoors Dug a trench for it so that he could easily reach the top of it Borrowed various locals, including his wife Annie, to model for him and studiously tried to ignore a cranky bull who was proving himself a great nuisance. His daughter Kathleen reminisced of this time. I can see my father going into the bush with his battered old felt hat and his painting coat which was smeared with paint and he carried his easel and paint box. He used to go and find a secluded spot and put down his camping stool and he would paint his subjects right there in the bush on the spot. He didn't need to wander far because there were so many paintable subjects right there close to the cottage. He would always be within calling distance and would return very punctually for lunch because my mother put on very good lunches. The Pioneer was painted in the latter part of McCubbin's life when he resided in Macedon. McCubbin had purchased a little cottage which he named Fontainebleau after the forest of Fontainebleau, a forest south of Paris beloved by Millet and Corot key French proponents of the plein air painting movement. Indeed, the Argus commented, Mr McCubbin has attempted to do for Macedon and Woodend something of what the Frenchman did for the forests of Fontainebleau. The Macedon years were an important period for McCubbin. He was able to settle down and paint in a period of relatively undisturbed calm. This does not mean that his job was easy. To Tom Roberts in London, McCubbin complained, I'm pegging on at the pioneer, and I feel like the poor devils I'm painting in the picture. Rather sad about it, however, I am doing my best, sometimes up and sometimes down. The pioneer was part of a group of works in which McCubbin ambitiously attempted to produce great Australian history paintings. The pioneer was first conceived of in 1901. Australia's Federation Year. In the spirit of nationalism, McCubbin created a painting that celebrated those pioneering legends of the bush that had become so important to a developing sense of Australian identity. He felt proud of the canvas, which was the centrepiece for his one-man exhibition at the Athenaeum in Collins Street in 1904. He wrote to Roberts, The papers gave me splendid notices and we did our best to run it well. I hardly know how to tell you about the show. I made a big effort to try and interest the Melbourne people and I honestly think that the work I put in was the best I've ever done. The big picture is, to my mind, my best effort in art and so a number of my friends feel. McCubbin did indeed receive splendid notices. The Age's editorial of 16th August 1905 effused those who talk despairingly or sneeringly about art possibilities in Australia would do well to study an Australian picture, The Pioneer, by Mr McCubbin. In this, the familiar materials of our Australian bush are made to yield a most moving poetical effect. This picture is to be hailed as an irrefutable demonstration that Australia can produce a strong and beautiful national art of her own. The image is a triptych, a format customarily reserved for religious subjects, which lends a sense of monumentality to the work. 
a narrative unfolds across the three panels. This first panel depicts the pioneer and his wife making their way into the bush to select land on which to make a home. There is their covered cart, carrying all their possessions from which the two horses have been unharnessed. While the young selector boils the billy, his wife rests. It has been a long, weary day, slow going through the bush, and the twilight that settles around the pair heightens the sense of melancholy. In the second panel, time has passed, and the young pioneer family has established a life for themselves. Through the clearing, a little cottage is visible, and in the young wife's arms, a young child. The light is brighter, more positive. There is a sense of hard work done, but rewards enjoyed. The selector is on a smoker, enjoying a break after felling the gum tree. The axe, the wood chips, the fallen tree, all symbols of the hard yakka endured by the pioneer and necessary to building a new life. The third panel moves us forward in time again. The pioneers are long gone. Their time has passed. A young country lad pauses, reverently at their grave. In the background, appearing triumphantly on the horizon, is a young city. There's a sense of optimism. Great cities are being built, and the next generation is reaping the benefits of the legacy of the early pioneers. The epic narrative is placed within the scrubby bushland characteristic of Macedon. By this stage in his career, McCubbin had mastered his ability to paint the Australian bush. This had been a lifelong ambition. He and colleagues like Tom Roberts were dedicated in their ambition to explore ways to paint the Australian landscape. To do this, they recognised the need to shift their palettes away from the dark bitumen-based painting that they were taught in the gallery art school by teachers who had all been schooled in the European academies. McCubbin and Roberts believed that Australian foliage required different hues and that bitumen was no good for depicting Australian light, which burned altogether differently from the soft, dappled light of Europe. Discussing this stylistic shift away from predecessors such as Eugène von Gerard, who was also painting master at the gallery school, McCubbin said, It behoves us to remember that all these men hailed from Europe, that there they had lived, studied and worked. They were all imbued with the spirit of Europe. Hence their art was essentially alien to its new environment. It belonged to lands of humid skies, of deciduous trees and low-toned landscapes, countries so vitally different from our land of strident sunshine, clear skies and dry atmosphere. Our flora which had to resist the fierce rays of a burning sun and thus possesses a somewhat wan, faded appearance, which in a grey light suggests something subtle, vague and ghost-like, was a thing beyond their ken. They could not see the exquisite, cool, blue-green of the wattles, as it is too particularly Australian. Neither could they understand the gum. The subtle way in which it responds to varying effects of light and shadow was lost on them. The early Australian artist missed all this but we must not be ungrateful to their creators. They lit the lamp of art at a time in the history of this country when art was a thing not even dreamed of, and for this their successors should always remember them.